best new tech and the hottest techniques on ice. You're listening to Iced Up with Andrew Gullickson and Luke Lemire. Welcome to the circus. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. We are on season four, episode eight. Uh, this is Andrew alongside Luke in not in the Black Bear Man Cave, and we do have a uh, a little in-house today. Ice up is brought to you by Striker and Beaver Tail Bait. So, Luke, we got uh, we got Brian back. Um, we took the kids fishing last time, but you've literally been on ice with the kids this year already, right? Uh, yeah, today, first time today, I got. <laughs> my son out with me first time there was kind of enough ice to actually second do. lake had enough ice yeah, yeah. <laughs> first lake, little, not so much a little bit of a rodeo was it yeah oh yeah it's still at the point where the best ice is in the bottom of the glass it's, of brandy it's just <laughs> phenomenal that we're still playing this game at middle of january, middle of january yeah. and we're still playing early ice conditions this yep. is ridiculous andrew you and i went out last weekend yep just a, our basically main goal is that we wanted to, we knew we had a couple lakes that we could get on, but we wanted to go check a couple lakes. I mean, we didn't get rolling at the time we wanted, so we could only check one. But even at that point in time, we got down there and looked at the lake, and and for people listening to it, it was Cornell Lake around this area. I mean, we went and checked, and there's people all on the they one were, edge of the basin. Yeah, they were way out there. We we were driving down. And I'm going like, okay, we're gonna go out and I'll be able to get out on this lake. And yeah, we get to the landing, and I've gotten really intimate knowledge of my spud bar this year, getting out guiding because the between bad ice and no ice and inconsistent ice, just learning, you know, what a spud throw means in terms of. Not only depth of ice, but what it'll hold has been huge this season for me. It, you guys, if you're listening down like Ohio, Indiana, you guys are probably like, oh, yeah, duh, we do it all the time. But up in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Dakota. Especially northern Wisconsin where we're sitting yeah, at. We get like a week where this happens every year, and usually it's a busy week anyways. Right. I grew up in Illinois, and I didn't use the spud bar back then as much as I feel like I've used it already this year. Right. What part of Illinois? Northern, southern? Uh, Middle more state. central, yeah. Central? Okay. Yeah. Lower Chicago. Uh, <laughs> definitely lower Chicago. Okay. <laughs> so lower. It's all Chicago. No, it's actually yeah, over no. closer to Iowa. Okay. Okay. Well, well that, that's not yeah. so bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, the, I mean, every podcast you listen to for ice fishing right now, is we're talking about the same thing, the ice, the ice, the ice. Yep. I mean, I've been the lack keep, thereof. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I think I actually threw that in the last episode in the details of with Captain Donnie talking ice or lack thereof. I mean, it's ridiculous. We shouldn't be dealing with this right now how we are, but it's nature threw us a curveball and we're dealing with it. I mean, our forecast right now as the date it's, we're recording it, it's, it's looking it great. great. The yeah. next week is looking great for us. And then in the 10 day, the next three days after the weekend, it's back up into the 20s again. So we're going to drop into the freezer for a week. But, and then we should be able to get back into comfortable temperatures, but actually still having some ice. The Like you and I were on today, Andrew, had... Six inches. I threw my bump uh, board down it. 
the spot we were on had yes, six inches. Yes, the spot we I had. I was going to say, there's open yeah. water in several large areas of well, that. We were also on a general. cane also. Right. So. Yeah. I heard but there he, was yeah. uh, some ice tournaments or derbies already canceled that are supposed to be up there in the next couple of weeks from open water. Yeah. Issues. It doesn't surprise me once whatsoever. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of open water. There is only, like, well, today is probably the only spot I could go on where I couldn't see open water. Right. Um, even some of our early freezers, they're still open on, or there's still really sketchy ice. Although, by the end of, oh, by the time you guys are listening to us, we ha- we will have had enough to at least make it all probably walkable. But it is just a year to be really, really careful because you could have sputted out 500 yards in the spot we were today maybe even 600 yards and got six inches every t- single time, got on your snowmobile and went another 500 yards and went right through. Yeah. Right. Yep. Very inconsistent. I mean, oops, yeah. what, Brian, what did you run today? You had your boy out with you today. Yep. We, yeah, just walking. Spud bar we got. I The first lake we went to, I had checked it. Oh, would have been New Year's Day. I checked it. Okay. And it had skimmed over, but we had lost the shoreline there after all that rain we had. Yeah. That and was... There was about an inch when I checked at the shoreline that day. And, you know, our temperatures haven't been great, but, you know, today. Right. You know, it was good. Yeah. And, and it's been gaining yeah. a little bit every day. Well, I pulled up to the ramp today, and there were two groups out quite a ways. So I'm like, all right, we should be good to go. I can see there'd been a lot of tracks out. So we unloaded everything out of the truck. I went and parked the truck, grabbed the spud bar, start walking out, made it out probably 10 yards, you know, kept, had my boy behind me, you know, just stay in my tracks, follow me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, let me actually check the thickness. So I cut a hole, put the board in, maybe two and a half inches. Oof, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. all right, you just stay right there. I'm going to see why, you know, how these guys got out there. One hit with the spud bar goes through. Nope. You know, just kind of worked my way around. Not happening. Yep. Turned yep. around and loaded everything right back up and headed down the road. Well, well that's that's what we were starting with that when we were checking ice. Like, there's guys way out there. And there's actually a guy who just loaded his whole Smitty sled up. He had, you could tell he had his new gear. And he said, like, yeah, I just built the Smitty sled. Was heading out. Um, hadn't fished at all. Didn't have a spud bar with him. And he's like, yeah, you guys go ahead. Let me, let me know. And, yeah, it was like, and from knowing my bar, first hit was around four or better, four, four, and I'm only out 30 yards. Three, where it's getting, I'm I'm hitting a little bit of water in the bottom. Yep. All of a sudden, whoop, all the way through. And I'm only, at that point, 40 yards from shore, and there's people out 500 yards. Yeah. And all the way through on mine is less than two inches. Yep. Two inches will catch a, will catch a tooth still. Right. That guy, and he's like, well, thanks. I ain't going out there. I literally loaded everything up and left because I'm like, well, we, you know, not that so, save somebody's life, but yeah. I, if you don't know and you just see people and go, this is not the year to do yeah. that. And, uh, exactly. And there's a lot of things too, like people that does like, oh, it's ice cover. We're going to walk out. And I told you when we were at the landing, when you pointed out after your spud bar went through and pointed out to where they were at that basin, you go, that's stupid. I go, well, it goes with the old saying, no brains, no headaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, sometimes when it's thinner ice, like, you know, you can get on a really good three inches of ice and it's way easier to go if you just don't, you know, just don't look at it if there's a little yeah. bit of snow. 
there's something to that a little bit, but yeah, you got to check ice that some of that stuff I know had geese on it after Christmas. Yeah. We saw and, geese flying today. Yeah. Yeah. But having those, you know, having that basin open even a couple days later than the rest of the lake is going to take a half inch off of it. And that's the half inch that keeps you up. Right. Like, yep. Exactly. That yeah. or somebody that's not doing their due diligence and not use a spud bar and they pop through. Yep. So you get this, get two nights in the freezer, and you get a good, in that spot they went through, half inch to three quarters of an inch, where everything else around it could be that three to four. You don't know, and if it's the main axis where everybody's been going on, they see the tracks going down. Yep. yep. You pop through, you just ruin that, you just ruin that ice to be able to try and make it back again. Yep. Yeah, that's been, that's been something to getting it on and off the ice. <laughs> on yeah on mr snickerdoodle how uh, how, how'd that work for you this year i think i was upright just fine until you hopped on that piece of ice with me no that was the straw that broke the camel's back now your 400 pound sled you want to haul out well, on early ice i thought you wanted dip up fish so i brought i didn't even have the kitchen sink in there i had my had the plumbing so on this the excursion that we were doing checking ice we knew a lake that we can get on we went on Went in the same tracks everybody else did. Yep. Gup gets down there, and I see the there's a rock right next to the shore. And I see it, all of a sudden the water come up. He goes, oh, this is a little sketchy. I'm like, all right. And he goes, well, why don't you hop down here? Oh, it was before your sled got on. He goes, yep. why don't you hop down, and so that way my sled doesn't bang on the ice. I'm like, all right, that's fine. As soon as we lower the sled down the ice, all of a sudden it starts to break through. Maybe in the good front I am. Mike, dude, you're on your own. I yeah, he did, he did <laughs> about as fast as possible. Yeah, he was like 20 yards away. I'm I knee deep in the water. Can't so, hold it on to my sled still. Like that's coming down the hill at me. Like, uh, uh, Can you grab this? Yeah, nope. can, you, can you take anything? Yeah. He's like, nope. Here, through. You probably were just about to throw your spikes at me before you left in the truck. <laughs> yep. So... Someone got a little wet that day. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, though. But we did get out on ice. We've been out on ice twice together, which is like a new record. I think that's a new record for the podcast. Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Those. And then breaking through, like that spot's just shot. Once once we did that, that was, you had to find a way around for the rest of the next three times I was out there. And the spot we fished was kind of unique, too, because it's not a traditional bottom from what we found not out. Traditional is, a, is one way to put it. It was, in, it was really crazy. Hmm. It's hills and valleys, basically. And for the Wisconsinites here, it's like the fishing equivalent of hunting Buffalo County. Yeah, it'd be um, if you had one hole and you're in six feet, and there was somebody fishing four feet away from you, they might be in 12 feet. Wow. But then somebody behind them might also be in six feet. Yeah. It it's was just crazy how much it was going up and down. It was wild because you had your live scope down and yeah. it would catch all the peaks and everything going across. That, yeah. But it, you couldn't see down in the yeah, valleys yeah. on it. You couldn't really forward view very much because it would catch, it would go over things or in the valleys. Yep. You could down view. And it'd be really, it was really interesting because you could be, you know, you're jigging bottom, or if you had a Vexlar, you'd you'd probably be jigging two, three feet above bottom. But it looked like 
bottom. bottom yeah. yeah. On a flasher, not a traditional flasher. And then on live scope, you could see that you're fishing above one bottom and below the next one because yeah. of that peak was in there. So you found out you could, you know, there was kind of two layers of fish. And if you fished above the higher one, you could draw them both in. But then you were six feet off of what might look like bottom. <laughs> Hard to describe that because it's just such a unique yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. I think it, there's bog to it. I think that's what that's, I was just going to say. It sounds like bog. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and it was uh, Cano off a river also. So it was a reservoir off a river. So you had a lot of. At times, water flu- water depth fluctuations, yeah, and yeah. depending on melts and everything else or high rains, you get to get a lot of current in there. I think that's what made that bottom, and then something like that, that. could be, yeah. And it so the interesting thing this year because of the thin ice, it we've had to had to fish a lot shallower because you just can't get out to the basin fish, and eventually here you must be do, going through withdrawals right now. Um, not so much just cause it, it's been fun. It's been different because I do so much teaching and, and fishing in 30 to 50 feet of water that it's just kind of refreshing to get out and do something a little bit different. But there are some basins that I really do miss right now for yeah. sure. I get, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we didn't pop holes and get set up and actually fishing until what? One thirty in the One, afternoon. Yeah, almost quarter to two by the time we were. All you know, really getting going, and we it was damn near dark when we were walking off, and we did we did pretty good. Yeah, for the amount of time we were out there, I mean, I was happy with it. I mean, we got we got on fish. I mean, you had to pick through them. I mean, I think you what we kept seven for you. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping to get to like around seven to ten, just to have some to do some fish sausage with, basically. Yeah, and we got to that, and we probably caught, I'd say. 20-ish? Yeah, somewhere right in there. I mean, we did a good bite. I mean... We would have had one really good crappie. Yeah, that come on button dry at the hole at me. <laughs> I had sunk up to my elbow trying to grab that. On a normal year, he'd been trapped in the hole. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <clears throat> this year? No hole to get him <laughs> stuck in. No. no, I think I pushed him back into the water trying no. to grab him. <laughs> it's been interesting, though. Since we've been on a lot thinner water, it's, you know... Just a lot of things that you don't think about. And people that aren't used to going out early, they don't come out until there's you know, drivable ice. And this year, they've just got the itch, so they're going to go out on four inches for the first time. There's some a lot of things that I had not really thought a lot about have come into play when guiding. Like, sound on the ice is incredibly <laughs> huge. Yeah. Um, people don't realize, like, if you move a foot a little bit, Everything on your screen's gone. There won't be a fish within 15 feet of you for a little while until it cools back down. Just like a squeak on the ice, gone. You'll just watch them disappear. And that yeah. runs into this year, too, where we really haven't had a significant soul fall till no, this last week. Cushion anything. Right. So a lot of things when people go out, too, they want to do the ice safety and have their creepers on, mm-hmm. which... You're in your right mindset, absolutely. Yeah. They keep they keep you up and be safe about it. But at the same time, I don't care what ice creepers you have on, that crunch on the ice is gonna scatter fish in a heartbeat. Yep. It definitely does. And you gotta be careful without them, obviously, but if you can get to an area and just sit down or take them off and not go anywhere and then put them back on, which is a pain, but 
you'll see a lot more fish and it is a there's something to hole hopping a little bit but when it's thin ice like this and you're fishing in less than 10 feet of water for sure just kind of camping out in an area that you know there's a lot of fish can be a lot more effective because if you try and chase them you're just really going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing them and yeah you can really never catch them right catch up to them i've also seen um with with live scope and having some real trouble a couple times with it pushing fish off for sure like where you're catching them on sonar and i'd bring it over to show like a client like so they could kind of play with it you put it in like maybe it catches one fish or they disappear right away and then for 15 minutes doesn't mark another 15 20 minutes doesn't mark another fish i I take it out put i think it happened to be a hummingbird that i just put in against pack put that back down and within three minutes he was catching fish again it's just too much thump for that shallow water and that that sketchy of a fish that's that's worried about the noise that's why you see a lot of things right now with anybody that's on ice and it's been the big talk about live imaging pushing off fish or whatnot i mean then all of a sudden people are talking about a lot now of the low power modes on a lot of these standard 2d locators yep where especially in shallow water that goes tenfold on it not only are you cutting your frequency down going from live imaging to that but you're cutting that down in half also to put less noise in the water yeah that's i think the more you can do to be stealthy in these conditions, the better. Um, and we also saw it, though, two other points. The, with it being so bright down there, and we did get a little bit of snowfall, the most interesting thing I've had happen this year was we had a pretty good wind going. Even though it was in the 30s, it felt like 10, 15. It was kind of hard to to like feel a really, really subtle bluegill bite. So I started popping up the hub. Yeah. And we just, we'd be like, oh man, this bite usually starts at three. It's been at, you know, at 2.30, you start seeing fish and it's 2.45. We haven't seen anything yet. Maybe it's just a bad night. I'll go outside the shack and I'm lit up. Like in every, almost every hole. I go sit down for a second, let the fish filter back through and they come in. Go back in the shack. Well, I guess it's good, guys. Nothing in the shack. Nothing in the shack. Nothing in the shack. Three nights in a row, we'd have to jig outside. And I tried, like, I thought it was maybe too many holes together. So we spread out the holes. We spread out the fishermen, Mm -hmm. spread out the electronics, only went to sonar, went low power mode. Nothing in the shack. Mm -hmm. But all the snows melted off from the heater. And when you take the shack off, there's this great big gray spot where the shack okay. was, right? Yep. Yep. All that light coming in through the snow or th- through the ice, it's got to look just like a big-ass lantern in there. Yep. At the same time, you also have your windows open and everything else, don't you? Uh, not necessarily. No, we tried shutting them down, but I think it's just still a ton more light. Yeah. See, I've had it sight fishing for bluegills in yep. weed beds, clear water, and, you know, that's something we do a lot of times on those real cold days when you can drive a truck on. Just right. drive to them, set it up, and I've had it where they'll get spooky like that. You know, it's the shadow or whatever from the shack, and you will literally, if you're watching on camera, you'll see them come up to like the edge of the shack, and they will just not come in. Hmm. 
Yeah, it was it was really kind of crazy. The other thing that has happened this year is there's only so many safe places to fish. Yeah. So there's groups of anglers. I told you this, this story, mm-hmm. Luke. I think I might have alluded to it. But so there's there's one, you know, super community hole that freezes up early, yep. and there's just you know there's a ton of people out there. And I had the craziest thing. We're, we're set up. We got the tip ups maybe ten yards of, away from us, and there's just kind of a probably a maybe a thirty foot ring where we've kind of got all our crap spread out, right? And we're fishing. And there's, you know, some some old timers comes on out, <laughs> steps right maybe two feet from my bite me box, in between me and the bite me box, kind of looks both ways, drills a hole, and pops up his shack between me and the tip up. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> whatever. I move holes so I can see my tip up a little bit. Then pops out of the shack, starts hole hopping in our holes in that holes. we are currently fishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then drills a drills a hole about two feet away from a, one of my clients <laughs> and starts fishing it for like two minutes and then keeps walking. He's got creepers on. And mind you, every step will take at least five minutes for the fish to recover from. Yep. So I'm just like, just stop walking through, please. <laughs> like, it's not my spot. I don't care if you fish by me. I Everybody's fishing. This is the type of lake where people fish 10 feet away from each other and nobody has a problem with it. It's... Yep. Kind of just accepted. They're right. playing music out on the ice. It's just kind of a, a good get together. I love that atmosphere. I'm never mad at anybody, but it's just like just have a you know go talk to people about it first, <laughs> because it does create those issues when you have these limited areas that you can fish. Yeah, we're gonna see that this year. You and yeah. I talked about that one, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you you just shorted prob- out. <laughs> it's probably a good thing I was not with you because my fuse would have burned out real quick on that one. I, I was chuckling a little bit about it because I'm like, this. Guy, I, he's I, I, not I, catching any fish either because he yeah. keeps walking around. <laughs> right away, I'd have been laughing about it too. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> right. But after the keep going through and walking oh, through everything. Yeah. I'm like, all right, buddy, you and I are going to have a kit chat here and it ain't going to be fun. <laughs> and eventually the, like he started catching fish somewhere and stayed over there and it, you know, all was well, but yeah, for a little bit, it was like, what the heck? And you know, there's unwritten rules and stuff, but there people are not used to being out in this situation. No, there's people that this time of year, they just start fishing this is a big curveball for yeah. basically the entire ice belt. No one's used to what we have going on right now. I mean, we've we've said a million times on the podcast already, you're still using early ice tactics in the middle of January. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is something we haven't seen for how many years? I have seen that the fish have stayed in pretty early ice patterns. I didn't know. I kind of thought maybe they would move towards late ice stuff or like to, you know, seasonally yeah. they'd move. doesn't seem like they've, they've moved. They have gone a little bit more, um, a little more dormant. I just think that it's been cold ish long yeah. enough where there's no, they're has. slowing yeah. down. So they are, they're like, they're not flying around like they were in December. Um, but they're still in the same areas. They yeah. they haven't really moved out. They haven't went. They haven't went anywhere. Some of those, some of that shallow stuff that'll 
kind of like freeze out or get really dead sea by the middle of January still has fish in it. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of a positive. You yeah. can still get on some shallow water and get those bluegills. and Which is good. It's about all we can get to right now. Right, yeah. yeah. If they were gone, we'd yeah. just be out there for fun. Yep. Just to use some <laughs> I mean, battery up. And we all have our we all have those lakes that and bites are tactics that we want to do that we're come on, eyes get thick enough. Mm-hmm. I just want to get yep. out of here and get back to my honey holes and stuff like that. And all three of us have different tactics and different ideas of what we want to do where our different honey holes. I mean, I have a lake right now that I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get on this year. It was still open yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. I got Stuff there's and there's different stuff that I haven't tried on there in probably twelve to fifteen years that I want to go back and try to now and see if it's going to happen or not. I don't think I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there this year. Even it, it might be the end of January, beginning of February. And I'm still going to be spudding my ass out there to be yeah. trying to see if it's right. going to be right or not. Yeah, unless we get another real good cold snap. I'm just trying to think positive. Maybe we'll just have ice till opener, fishing opener. Ugh. Be on ice in May. Oh, I don't know if I can take that much ice fishing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I could I love it. Time I get yeah, what a line. Right, finally right. Get out. But once it's April, oh, yeah. you, you're ready. I get, I get, you know, I'm ready for summer. I'm ready for the boat out by it's then. Usually mine. If I can get a trip like my birthday weekend, the end of March, that's great. And then after yeah. that, I'm good with being done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yep, it does get to be. It just gets into, you get that spring fever where yeah. you just want to oh, yeah. cast again a little bit. But. Of course, at the same time, it feels like we've really, besides this week right now where we're recording, because we got a, it's dumping into the freezer this coming week. Yeah. It, it yeah. hasn't felt like winter it, at all. No, not It's at a all. high of one tomorrow with a 30 mile an hour wind and down to negative 16, I saw. Yeah. So it's, tomorrow is going to make more ice than we have yeah. <laughs> exactly i mean and which is great i mean i'll yeah. take the week i'll drop it in the freezer and then we talked about this with yeah, back in the 30s yeah <laughs> it's I'm, I'm hoping it happens i really I was hoping we didn't get the snow and we could get yeah these cold temps it really really because really even I mean, what i was on today was slushed up already well at least we got what we got for an ice like sheet already yes. and we only got like three four inches here yep. if that because like the guys we were talking to from down in the south part of the wisconsin were looking at three quarters to an inch and they were just starting to like okay next week we're getting out and they got 18 inches yeah i see they're the only places with snowmobile trails open right now yeah is milwaukee <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like well like the they southern, don't have any ice but they can snowmobile like, like the dubuque iowa like down yeah on that like, funny you say that Last night, got back to work. We didn't have the truck washer coming in because he washes outside, and there's no way he's going to do it this weekend. And I'm waiting to back my truck in to be able to wash it, and here comes somebody on an old (laughs) Arctic Cat Lynx or whatever, 550, riding a dead smoke rolling out from underneath the crawl, just riding a ditch going down. There's... An inch of snow on the ground, yep. if that. And he's like, I'm giving her. I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. And people say ice fishermen are crazy. I'm like, you're oh. not going to fall through, but you're beating oh. a piss off our already tired sled. No. <laughs> we are nuts, though, if you just look at how many people are going out on ice right now. <laughs> yeah. 
And that and, last trip that you and I had out, that we posted pictures on the page for. Yep. I had the father-in-law's birthday the next day at the in-laws. And my sister-in-law, I walk in and said, hey to everybody. And she looks at me and goes, what in the hell were you doing out on the ice? I'm like, we spun it out. We fell through at the shore, but I let the fat guy go in front of me. <laughs> no, so I yeah. way to make sure I didn't fall through. He goes, God, you're a good friend, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm a smart friend. <laughs> The, you let the fatter guy. You're getting there yourself, buddy. <laughs> oh, I got a long way to catch up oh, to you, buddy. It's the dad, buddy. No, it's a race. Yeah. I might, uh, I might be, uh, I might be ahead, but we'll see who wins. <laughs> I think you've had that locked up for a while. But no, it's uh, what a year, what a year. But we're still seeing, you know, some oppor- different opportunities. Yeah, and like. Yeah. Taking that time to look at shallow water has been really, really pretty cool. I've been on more bluegill bites than than ever because they're accessible. Um, really, really had to dial in um, mm-hmm. my jigging. I know we had we had an episode talking about cadence and and like just getting into that. I had a group from Iowa that we spent. Um, Spent two days kind of on the same bite. In the morning, we'd get some crappies. That window would die, and then we'd go for some bluegills and with a few a little bit of crappies mixed in. And they went from, like, five-millimeter tungstens and one-inch plastics to and not really catching anything and saying, oh, they're not biting, not biting, to by the second day working on what rods they were doing. Um, we ended up running. I had a, a, a custom, like, ultra-ultra-light rod that that was working really well for one guy and then the other guy was running a 32 inch bull whip and going from that first day to the second day just what you know learning how to buzz it and really get control of that jig and like how how big of a jigging stroke that you're taking and how precise your beaver tail in this case had to be in order to get bit when other people weren't getting bit or were just, you know, coming out, oh, they're not biting tonight, and we're putting 15, 20, 30 fish on ice. Right. You know, because of just those little details, trimming things down, um, going to three or two and a half mil tungstens, or actually even up to fours just to get the vibration, but then trimming the tails down to three-eighths of an inch just to to get the right presentation there, too. Um, stuff I haven't had to do because I'm out yeah. chasing crappie chasing fishing crappies, yeah, with a two-inch bait. Yeah. yeah, this time of year we're using spoons normally still. No, exactly. Yeah. And with that being said, too, I mean, all three of us probably have had, going into this ice season, had something that we always, always look forward to going to or something new that we wanted to try. I mean, or had a goal for this year. Hey, I haven't done it for a while. I want to try and get out and do this. I mean, we've all had that. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to talk about about what do we, what's something that you want to do at the beginning of the season that you don't know that you're going to be able to get to now, and how are you going to adjust that? Brian, you got anything? So, actually, the uh, sight fishing bite I was talking about before. So that's one I haven't been able to get on in a few years because we've had so much snow okay. the last few yep. years that you just couldn't get out to it, you know, slush, fighting slush, whatever. And 
I, it's yeah. I don't know if we'll get to it. You know, it's just it's a lake just far enough north that it's not close. So you know, you gotta you gotta yeah, you take gotta. the time to want to do it. And but then I don't know how many times I've been up there and you know getting stuck fighting snow and right. Yeah, you know, it's usually I'm there by myself or I have my son with me or something, and I'm like I don't really want to deal with right getting everything stuck. Well. You know, looking forward to it this year. We're getting all this, you know, no snow early, thinking this is going to be the year. This is going to be great. And then just can't get any cold temperatures. Then it rained and was 55. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you got on the docket now that you want to try with the season we have lined up now? Is there anything you shifted to that you might want to try or? Um, Boy. Well, I'm just going to be optimistic that we get enough ice soon that, that you get, I can get, you can get out, out there, there eventually here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I think that's all of our goals yeah. right now. Is just... Yeah. Some of the honey hole uh, crappie areas that we have, I see they're getting beat up already pretty good now. So by the time yeah. I want to take the time to get out there, I don't know, some guys, I guess, are more willing to walk than that far <laughs> than I am on this thin ice, but that sure. they probably don't know. Like we said before, they probably don't know how thin the ice That's is. Right. What I think it really if is. It, once That's we got, exactly what it is. Before we got the snow, like before Christmas, people wouldn't go on five inches out a half mile. Now that there's snow, yep. they'll go out on two and a half. That's a half true. Mile. It's a false sense of security. It very much yep. so is. Yep. Absolutely it, is. And it does it for me, too. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll get on three and a half and be super sketched out till there's snow, and then I'm jumping up and down on it. Like it, it yep. I mean, it is totally a false sense. So I've had, I've had, uh, I had a goal for this year, I guess, that I was kind of able to do. Okay. And that was to kind of get away from. Uh, my forward facing and just not running the live scope and probably the first 10 trips out on the ice this year never even turned it on partly because of shallow water but partly just because the fish were so sensitive that i wanted to run low power mm-hmm. so that was just kind of a goal like this year you know everybody's Good for become you. a guide I, because I of their the live house scope. today and went back because i forgot to grab it <laughs> I, I, it hasn't ever not come with me Uh-oh. It's just like security blanket back there, <laughs> yep. but I've only run it for mapping a couple times, and then um, I run it for entertainment. Uh, the last couple trips for for guide for clients, clients yeah. But I've I don't know if I've actually I've jigged under it a little bit. You jigged under it today. You and I went out, yeah, yeah. last week. Not, yeah, that's true. I didn't even start up my sonar that day. Yeah, you didn't run a two day. You were running. Yeah, but, that's yeah, all that's I did true. today too. Yeah, it was just it was really entertaining with that bottom being all crazy and but yeah, probably the first ten times out just didn't even start it up just to just to kind of go back to basics and say like, hey, can I fish without it? You know, it you know everybody seems like these days you know, buys a live scope and they start start guiding the next day. Yeah, so it's just it like, does let's, seem like let's it. just go I, do this without I it. I saw in marketplace there's some for rent now. Guys are just yeah. renting them out, right? And well, that being said. There, if anybody's looking at uh, Ice Castle, you could probably pick one up pretty damn cheap this year <laughs> yeah, and have probably. an all-around camper yep. for three sixty-five that you'd be able to use. Well, I like mean, we were talking about snowmobiles earlier. I almost pulled the trigger on one 
about a week ago because I'm like, gosh, marketplace is flooded with these things. Right. I could get one. Yeah. This is the time Cheap. to get one. I don't want it right now. I don't if you need were gonna, it. But if you were going to build a track sled, like right now would be the time to buy something for a tunnel. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. It absolutely would be. I mean, mm. it's it would be a great time to find all that stuff because people are not using them. You look at like all the lakes, I mean, even upper Minnesota. Red Lake and everything else. Oh. That's been that's everyone's go to, and that has not even been not great this year. No, a lot of people. A couple, I think, a couple people dead. A couple, tons of people rescued on Red Lake yep. this year. Lake of the Woods. A couple people dead. A couple had, locals actually. There's yeah. a couple people up by Danbury that put uh, trucking on White Lake. Oh yeah. Um, and somebody told me, somebody I work with told me that that they went through it, and I go, the words on my mouth were, "I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner yet." Well, there's a lot of calendar fishermen too, and that's yeah. what's scary. Yeah, exactly. Is. That's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, you just can't go off by your calendar. You got to watch the weather forecast yeah. and actually know what's going on. I mean, we have like we've been beating into everybody's heads in this podcast and previous ones. I mean. Just because there's ice and lake doesn't mean it's safe. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Just because somebody else is out there doesn't mean they came the way you did. And it doesn't mean that they're not really, really special. (laughs) 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 To put it nicely. And there's some people that are really, really smart about it. And they didn't eat too many snickerdoodles. And. They've got all their safety stuff, and they got a buddy, and they got a rope, and they're out on two and a half inches of ice. And you know, I guess I can't say yeah. I, you're any more crazy than I am, but just do it really, just spud every freaking step. Then, yep. and that's the one thing going back to it too is that you we're on early ice now, and even when you're able to drive four wheelers, snowmobiles, whatever, and that style on it on okay. ice. The one thing I do not have on my four wheel right now that I wanted to get this year and I still do not have is the throwable to be able that does sits in the bag yeah. to be able yeah. to be able to toss for that time if something happens. I know I should have it just for the mere fact if somebody else goes through. I mean, because it's not going to do me any good if I go through. I mean, yeah. I could toss it if I have a chance to be able to toss it back to somebody to be able to pull my ass out. But at the same time being an ice fishing community, you look out for everybody else on the ice, whether Absolutely. they're yep. walking through your tip ups, doing whatever, driving <laughs> through. And if somebody goes through and you see them, you, in your conscience, you should have enough dignity to be able to go over and give them a hand. Yeah. You're on a but, good bite. Somebody went through, uh, that takes priority. Go over, get to so try you're and saying you should probably catch their sled and maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. not shove them under the eye. Depending who they are. <laughs> but no, no, you're absolutely well, right. He uh, goes through. I got a nice life scope I can throw <laughs> in my truck. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's the first thing I'm grabbing. I start going down, it's going down with me. <laughs> of course it would be. <laughs> doesn't matter that it doesn't float. That's that's it's, my flotation. Say, that's the heaviest thing out there with oh, you yeah. anyway. Yeah, that got that got the arc lab shovel uh, shuttle this year. That's, that's all yeah. folks. Let <laughs> me put a throwable on that just in case you go down. I'm pretty sure in Madison it. you probably need a flotation yeah, to take true. that on the yeah. lake. Because yep. that sucker is heavy. I mean, you're already looking at like I don't know, what's a regular live scope? 
like 112 pounds. They're a brick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now hard. you're adding aluminum to it. So it's it's heavy. It's heavier than I thought it would be. But it's also, I don't have to worry about it falling apart or the screws literally yep. dropping out and having to zip tie it together. You did put a nice add on to yours, though. Yeah, that's I got out I got it out a couple times and the first time I ran my bite me's and forgot a net and then dipped in to get my minnows and then and put minnows on uh tip ups. Mm. Went and grabbed the art club and a boat lost sure. the skin on my hand. Um went, nah, this isn't gonna work. So I found uh just Amazon some wind grip tape and it's pretty really easy install. You just kinda cut an angle. They show you how to cut an angle on there on their package and wrap it on it stays warm and really really comfortable yeah for being an aluminum handle on there you had us grab onto it like everybody that we were fishing with today grab onto it and it was not warm out today no and it felt incredibly warm when you grabbed onto it you weren't grabbing onto straight metal and even if it would have been plastic i mean that would have been a good thing just for a cushion grip on it yeah it's a comfortable grip and it was uh it's a really clean install. Hmm. I was uh, I was really happy with the way that came out. So, yeah, a little that's a good cheap, idea. Little cheap way to do it. Um, we've had some other like little Amazon hacks and good good products. Uh, I found a. I'm running a new lithium air pump or aeration pump for okay. my minnows, and uh, it's an AQQA Aka. Uh, in China, that Bless must be you. all the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Must be must be Chinese for aqua. Um, it's on Amazon, and that sucker will run when I put it on intermittent. Intermittent, so it's ten on, ten off. Yeah, ten mm-hmm. seconds on, ten minutes off. It'll do three days. Wow! And then it plugs directly in on it with a USB. Okay. And it okay. come it actually comes with the the square too, the cube that actually plugs. Oh, in. really? Nothing does that anymore. No. no. But it actually comes in comes with the plug in. You can run it direct off. Or you can charge it. And on, like, continuous, I think I got about a day, but running it intermittent, it was easily three days, even in the cold. Hmm. Talking about Amazon finds, I was in the market for a new headlamp that we tested out tonight. And I guess I didn't do a lot of reading on this when I bought the thing. On your your train headlight? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This oh. thing is, I think it was like 30, it was between 30 and 40 bucks. Okay. Rechargeable batteries, everything else. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, this would be fine. Well, I didn't realize it's got a battery pack in the back with rechargeable oh, batteries yes. that they give you, which is great. And they come fully charged. I charged them up, everything else. Did everything with it. It's got different setting modes and everything else. I got looking at the package. I didn't realize how many lumens it was. Thank God it's got different settings on it. Because this headlamp is 90,000 lumens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, you shined it at me across the lake. You were coming and back. And I got, like, I got white spots, like, <laughs> still seeing white I, spots. Yeah, it was you, ridiculous. You burnt the headlight out on your oh, yeah. snow dog today. And I heard that thing coming across. I heard it hit the bottom of the lightning and coming across. I'm like, oh, he's coming. And you could focus the beam on it, like you could pull the headlamp in and out to do a wide beam or do a narrow beam. Not me being the good friend I am. <laughs> Clicked it on, pulled that thing all the way out to be able to narrow it, and just I yeah, saw the totally reflection. blinded. <laughs> I saw hand. the reflection on his apex suit all the way out on the lake. 
He gets hit. He goes, thanks, dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if you just focused it on there, you just start burning a hole through my clothes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can melt things with this headlamp. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. But especially like for that stance, if especially doing do it in with the wide beam on low power for low beam on it, packing up today, it was great. I mean, if especially if you're fishing the night bite on there and want to get off and just be able to pack stuff up, you're not going to be blinding yourself. You're not going to be blinding your buddies. They can adjust down. So I had my baseball hat on and I adjusted it down. I could still see what I was doing and not blinding everybody else out and still being able to work and help out and get ice anchors tore out, get jacks tore down and everything else and get stuff loaded in the sleds. I mean, it was for a third between 30 and 40 bucks on Amazon. Which one was it? Oh, hike, hike man. We'll post a link. (laughs) We'll we'll post a link. One of the guys asked me out out on the ice today, and I looked at it. It's something like that. But, yeah, we'll post a link on it. I mean, it's a great headlamp. And for having that big-ass battery bank in the back and everything else, you don't even know you have it on. (laughs) Yeah, I've been on a lot lot more early morning bites and late nights. And headlamp's something I'd never really – I used – but sporadically before, and I got to upgrade mine, but definitely an awesome piece of equipment. Yeah, it like, was. You kind of underrated. It's almost, almost a must now. Yeah, almost. it really is. Yeah, especially for anybody that's in the outdoors for the hunting or fishing aspect. I mean, mm-hmm. you're hunting, do anybody bow hunting. I mean, there are bow hunters out there that say, well, you don't need headlamps and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm going to see where the fuck I'm going when I'm walking out, and I don't fucking trip over a stick and break Take my neck. Take a stick in your eye. Yeah. Take, yep. So, and just for the breakdown process or the setting up process on ice fishing, it's great. Oh, uh, yeah. A uh, tool I used that I've had, actually, for like three seasons and never never had when I could actually use it was I've got uh, my ice anchor tool for my mm-hmm. drill. Mm-hmm. With those those otter stakes, that is the one thing with an otter shack is they make them pretty much impossible to do by, by hand. hand. Yep, they're a little bit of a bear, and that just makes it like easy work. So yeah, yep, just zip them in. That's that a, is that's a must. About the best thing out of my Freebill shack, my Freebill photos. Is, is that they actually go anchors? Right? Yeah, they uh, they work great. I mean, like I got mine set up today. I started setting it up, and there was zero wind. Which was kind of rare where we were right, at today. Yeah, it was I'm going like, pretty good this yep. morning. I'm like, oh, this is great. I got it set up. I got everything popped up. I was just going to start kicking snow on the skirt. Or no, I was actually going to start putting them down because I'm like, the wind's not going to stay down. Wind blew up, and all of a sudden, the shack started to go. <laughs> Went up and grabbed onto the handhold. I'm like, oh, great. Now I get to do this one-handed, hanging onto it. And I got that ice anchor put in. And got the strap put on it and everything else. It threaded in just great. Yeah, I was the old. Uh, so I had bought a shack from you several yep. years ago. I don't have any more. And that one. Those went in easy those by went hand. In easy. And yeah. yeah. Like you didn't yep. even need down pressure. They went yep. in great. I'm not sure if they changed manufacturer on them or what. They're they definitely not. They're definitely different yep. looking. Yep. And yeah, but they're I mean, if, as long as you're using that tool, it's. Great. Oh yeah, They're perfect. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I feel like the first few 
shacks I had, like that one I sold you, and yeah, it went in by hand. I don't, I never used the tool. Right. Yeah, because it went in so mm-hmm. like, I mean, it needed a little bit of patience, but not but not much. much. Yeah. No, not and enough to even go get your drill exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's basically what those freebill anchors are. Yeah. Like I hadn't had to use them hardly at all. I think I had one with a shrink wrap was off of it and the tip was exposed on it and the way I had my jack set up I only needed two yep. for the way the wind was coming across and I just did the corners on it and I'm like well, these actually went in great and as you get to one point where all of a sudden yeah you got your ice popping up or whatnot and all of a sudden you feel it bite and you don't even put down pressure on it anymore you just it's almost like taking them out. You can just take your finger and spin it and have them work back out. It was damn near what it was like putting them in. Well, at least you put yours down in and to hold it down because I got a snap today from one of my buddies. <laughs> He's got an otter, and he must not have screwed it down. Uh-oh. And it took off and landed on his auger. So now it has, <sighs> yeah, of course, you know, those uh, light flight blades are not they dull. They are sharp. So yeah, yep, he's gonna be looking for dumb. patch kits. Yep, that's not, that's not no, a good scenario. No, he was scenario. not happy. No, I can imagine not. I mean, ugh. especially you spend that much money on a shack. Yep. I mean, it don't matter what you get for a shack now. None of them are really None that cheap for no, quality. Right. No, I had one take off on me a couple seasons ago, where I, um, I think we were putting in the stakes yep. and the wind just whipped up a little early, and she went and we caught her on the shore. <laughs> oh boy! But the first year I got one, we were in South Dakota in a Ooh. blizzard trying to set it up. I'm like, I was just dreading it. But I was surprised with a couple guys. It, yeah, yeah. anchored one side. We popped it up and then went around. It was fine. I've but. put up and down the Otter Resort in over 20 mile an hour winds before, yep. and just alone. And it's it's doable. It's oh, not yeah. like it's super fun when it's blowing like that. No, but it's. No. It's definitely not a big deal. Um, and that was one thing, Luke, that that you said it's probably your next big purchase will be upgrading your shack because it was definitely more difficult. How was how was your shack going up and down compared to mine? And mine's mine's a really, really big one. I was almost I, I complain it's almost too big. I think I'm going down a Get size next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, if you go if you go down, I'll take that one off of you. <laughs> yeah, it is a nice. It's nice to have all that size, but it is ha- guiding every day. Yeah. Guiding, really, yeah. uh, even putting it up and down, I don't mind because once you pop one hub and get a stake in, the rest of it goes easy. Yep, it's the lifting it yep. into my trailer or or out of the trailer into my sled that has tweaked my back about four times this year. <laughs> Because it is just, uh, when you're getting up there, I think it's like 78 pounds, which isn't bad for the amount of room you for, get. Yeah, for it. the amount of room that's in it. Right. I mean. But I don't usually need all the room. With the shack I have, it's the old Freebill Fortress. Back, It was, my wife and my dad went in together for me to be able to get it, which I absolutely loved. I needed a shack. I was without yep. a shack. And that was before the full thermo shacks were really a thing. You just had that, yeah, it was just the caps. Yeah. Yeah, it was just thermal top on yep, it. Yep, thermal yeah. top on it, which I'm like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. And I like, I do like the layout and how it sits out. The things I don't like about it 
the hubs are incredibly weak. Yeah, they pop in really easy. I mean, even on the semi-windy days, I got to tie this thing down. And normally, on a normal season, I got the four-wheeler sitting there, and nine times out of ten, my flags are not that far out where I can go out and just walk out to them. So I tie it off to the four-wheeler and do whatever. But the hubs are weak, and to be able, it's not a like three quarter zip bag trying to get back this thing back in the bag. It's there's no zip. It's the yeah. drawstring at the top and shove the oh, thing in there. Like, well, a, that, uh, like a chair. Yeah. yeah. Like a bag chair. Like a bag like a chair. Bag. It's yeah. exactly like a but bag chair. But a bag chair with snow and ice. In yeah. It yeah. Exactly. Up bigger I'm like, than what it was. That's yeah. what I, uh, you know, I'm like, you got to be kidding me on this. And then the other thing I don't like about it is that with, there's a strap that you got to put around that be able to put it in, which yep. which is great to be able to mm-hmm. cinch it down or whatnot. But this one is sewn in. Oh, so then you're sitting there after you break your shack down. Then you're, you're sitting there searching going through all for the, it. Yeah, you're searching through the uh, folds trying to find everything. See, in mine, yeah, with the otters, we just search for them because if you yeah, you hopefully it, you put it in your bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually it's in my bag or yeah. it blew away or something. But it, and then I. I helped you break yours down today and be able to get in the bag yeah. or whatnot. And that strap there, oh, my God, that was great. Yeah. And yeah. then the you bag put, where you just set it on that plastic that's in the bag and it just slides in. And, yep. yep. And then with the strap, like, you just put it on there mm-hmm. and find your thickest point. And you could just crank that thing down because it's a spring-loaded clasp on there. Yep. And just crank it right down and it slides in like butter. Yep. And yep. it that's... You know, I would say the two hubs out there, Eskimos always had a great hub, and Otters just, their whole thing is just being well, really well built regardless of, you know, mm-hmm. forget the price, forget the weight, let's just really make one well. And what I, probably one of my favorite features is that bag on the Otter, because oh, yeah. once you get it folded up and you set it on there, it's got plenty extra to go all the way around the, the shack. Yeah. It is really pretty easy to get the zipper on once it's once it's pulled it down and in there. Now lifting it up and putting it in the shack or in the sled on the other end, still really well. The resort is the just resort. a lot yeah, of shack. You go down. That's uh, a lot yeah, of shack, yeah. but at the same time, especially for what you're doing for you having yeah. two clients in there and yourself and having other stuff that you need for guiding behind there, it is. A, it is. It's nice. probably the perfect shack for you. But I would say that I. For most, for most people, and even for most guide trips, the lodge was uh, yeah. The lodge you had the that lodge, lodge before, is a, right? Yeah, yeah. That lodge is a lot of square footage, yep. and it was. You it, start ice lot. camping, you're gonna want that resort, yeah. though. Yep. If you're going overnight, if yeah. you're, because I I have camped in it, and you get, um. You know, you put a cot on one side, and you got all the fishing room on the other side. And see, that's something yeah. that's on my bucket list, is I want to do uh, ice camping. Let me know night. when you go, because my son loves to go. We go once a year, so yeah, got the yeah. diesel heater all set up and ready to use You haven't year. gotten to use it yet, because there's got not to enough use ice. It. Well, but... I kind of got to use it, so okay. we had a little yeah. party. It was uh, New Year's Eve Eve at the house, and since there's okay. no ice... Uh, all the kids were going to be over, and I uh, offered my boy if I, if he wanted to play in it, I'd set it up in the yard, and we'd hook the diesel heater up, and so they had the tables set up in there, just like we were ice fishing. Only nice. it was yeah, just in the how yeah. did how did how did it work? How did it ran great? Yeah, okay. diesel heater did good, kept up. 
What brand do you go with? Uh, Amazon. Uh, Vev- <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Amazon. We'll post the link. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, it might as well. I like it, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing. I mean, because we've talked about this in the last couple of episodes that you and I are lucky that we still got to get. We want to do like a 24-hour or 39. It'd be 39-hour. Well, it'd be 39 hours, but we might make it old man style and just do 24. Okay. And and do like a competition with uh, Crappy you know, Junction. Crop, Junction. We may even just reach out and see if any of the other podcasts want to do it. And hopefully get fish donkey involved, where everybody could kind of play along, but we'll be we'll be competing, and um, potentially even get a little bit of video on it. We'll see how it all works out, but where it would kind of force you to be overnight, still trying to catch fish at night and all that. That'd and, be fun. And, and have to bring out the pizza oven. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing is. Uh, Alex saw that my schmitty slide heaped to the brim coming out there with everything yep. he goes oh my god he's got it we're gonna do it we're doing pizzas on the ice today and he even <laughs> asked me he goes you got the oven in there right i'm like sorry dude i couldn't make that work with everything <laughs> else going on. i go so you just broke my heart <laughs> i'm like oh, i'm sorry bud i'm like come back up here again and we'll 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 do this your I, pizza oven on an overnight sounds way better than uh, we just cook on the heater oh so that okay so um there's the heater hack where you can get the paint the paint trays that yep, fit yep, on yep. the large the large heaters. Awesome hack. Works really, really well. Um it does have the problem though if you're doing like brats or anything greasy at all. Yeah. It's gonna drip down on your pilot, it's gonna make kind of a mess on your heater. So I got the semi brilliant idea. Oh boy. All right. Let's put aluminum foil on this thing so it doesn't drip on the pilot light and make this thing all greasy where I'm going to have to clean everything out and degrease it and just be a pain in the ass. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that at all. No? That, that, that aluminum foil will definitely direct the heat back at your handle and melt the living oh. crap out of it. And then you need a handle. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. That okay. is why my the pan is now fused to the what's left of the handle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did not see that guy. and so it cooked just fine it was when i left it on low and just to keep a couple brats left over warm warm oh, while we yep, were fishing yep. for about half hour and came huh. back in it was just all melted <sighs> yeah yeah not good and what's your favorite food to take on the ice Ooh, see that uh, i know what mine not, is not yeah. my favorite f- Favorite food to take on the ice? Not like a snack, but like, mm. yeah, we're going to be eating. So I lunch or lupper I, or, yeah. The, the easiest thing is like brats, right? Yeah. But I've eaten them um, already about 10 times on the ice. Yeah. Just so 10? Just, yeah. Yeah. Good. No, just, yeah. Because after 10 times eating Johnsonville, you're like, I got to do something else. So I like a, like a homemade cheddar brat or a cheddar hot dog. Yep. Yep. That's pretty good. Um, I haven't gotten really too diverse. That's probably the probably the best thing I've found. That's super easy. All you need is ketchup and a bun. Yeah. So for me, what I usually do is I'm a big venison guy on the ice. Mm. So usually have backstrap or front shoulder roast or whatnot. Sometimes it's a little bit more tender, and the marinade I do on it breaks it down quite a bit. Where you take Say it's backstrap. So you cut it down to about, I'd say, about half inch at the thickest, maybe a little bit less. 
I marinate it with oil, beer, whatever seasonings you want. Ziploc bag, even double bag it because you all of us know how bad yep. Ziplocs fail. Oh yeah. Let that marinate over in the fridge overnight. So you get it out there. You got your seasoning salts and everything else on there. Worcestershire, garlic salt. Do whatever you want with it. Throw it on the grill, hot and fast, as best it needs to be cooked. Right. Then you got your. I usually bring brat buns out. Brat buns are high hamburger buns. I bring a little bit of shredded cheese with you because that meat's going to be good and hot coming off there. So when you throw it on your bun, it's going to melt almost instantly. Throw that on there. You got a nice bomber style sandwich that you can eat that day and right away and have just, oh my God, it's so good. And you've got a little LP Coleman or something, don't you? Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got LP actual gas grill and then I have a cooktop like two burner stove that I do also. So I can either pan fry them or I can do them on the grill. Yep. And oh my God, that you get done eating. And it's like, okay, that, are we still fishing or <laughs> can I go See, curl up and take I, a nap? I, I, I almost seem sometimes though that that hot food on the ice really re-energizes you though. It, it does. It'll warm you up literally from the inside. Yep. It, and it, and I don't know if I think I'm not too away from the normal here. When like I'll forget to eat on the ice. Oh yeah. Like That's until sweet. until like I realize oh well, there's the brats. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> but or even like or even drink. That's something that I've like I've kind of like mentally like all right. Well, I have to a- bring some water with me, and I gotta drink something because I'm moving an awful lot. Early on in the day, I'm usually almost sweating, putting tip-ups out. Mm-hmm. You're out there all day in the dry, and you're not drinking anything. Well, you staying don't think hydrated it. helps you not get cold, actually, yeah. too. And that's the thing, too. When it's this cold out, people forget that, hey, you still need to drink fluids yeah. when you're doing this stuff. Right. You just can't go out there and do this. And, well, I didn't drink anything today. Well, that's going to be a problem. Yep. And although there's water and beer... That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or blackberry. <laughs> the bush light might almost be water, but it doesn't hydrate you very well. Hey, you still drive home. Don't do that. But, yeah, just just something to you know, kind of put on the forefront is actually remembering or bringing some food out so you don't go with dead. 10, 8, 10, 12, 13 hour day with no food and just like dragging butt and and like like I said, it re-energizes you and almost anything tastes pretty good on the ice. And that's yeah. the thing. I mean, I got into it. My family since I started ice fishing is always cooked on the ice because I always, there's always memories that stick out for you when you go out ice fishing. And it's always a group of when, for me, when my family came up where you always had a 11, 12 o'clock, it's lunchtime. Somebody starts to grow up, and it's, even without the, we always invest them without the buns or whatever else, it's nice hot figure food, and 
that venison could be ripping hot coming off the grill, and your finger's so goddamn frozen. It's like a hand warmer. It's like, I don't even care. Oh, my God, this is warming my hands up. Oh. Eat it. and like, oh, my hands are warm. I'm warm now. I'm full. I'm like, oh, my God, this feels great. Yep. It's the only time I've ever ate duck and been like, man, this is really good. <laughs> yep. And that might be why. Yeah, it's just it's better on the ice. Yep. Everything's better on the ice. Well, that's, I'm like Chef Boyardee out there with my cooking with my broken heater nowadays. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, these are the best sausages I ever had. I'm like, yeah, well. A lot of times I just hook, cook on my exhaust. Oh, There's really? Wrapped in aluminum foil. Well, not this year. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I was like, the four-wheeler on shore. Yeah, I was like, later. how does that cook yeah. underwater like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I actually make, well, I don't make it. I can't take any credit. My wife makes stromboli, Ooh. which is, Ooh. you know, those big loaves. And yep. I got a group with, uh, throw it right on the, you know, if we're, if we're set up, I'll put right. it on the heater and warm it up. Otherwise, like if we're taking a long run on the four-wheeler, just it's a wrapped in aluminum foil, put it on the exhaust. There you Once go. Time you get to the next spot, it's warmed up. and Oh, that'd be good. Um, stromboli sounds like a great, a great meal on the ice. It, yeah. Never get like out of the ordinary. Usually, it's just something I can I can toss on. Just well, see, and that's what this is. She just puts them in the freezer for yeah. me, knowing that otherwise I won't eat on the ice. Right. Like if I bring my son with, yeah, he eats because I'm like, oh yeah, some snacks. Like like so we said, snacks are yeah. king. Oh, like yeah. if, if yeah. you run out of snacks, and it's like, are yep. we going home yet? Oh, yep. All right, here's a candy bar. Like, exactly. <laughs> snacks, wi- or kids, wives, either way. Well, yeah, yeah. Today I turn around. He's just got fun dip going i'm like well he's gonna be ready for a while here (laughs) (laughs) uh i oh the the larry smith show that we did earlier this year my so brantley's out we got out there for the early walleye bite we're running bite me boxes and every time they see the the bite me box guys see brantley they're like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) they know he's going to be at every flag before (laughs) them and like ripping fish out of the water and leaving a spool to run to the next one and um he's gotten gotten better about not leaving a mess but everybody's like oh he'll sleep good well at three in the afternoon when all the all the old guys are like sitting in a chair just like ah we got a show filmed it's all it's all good you know just laying back he's still running bite me boxes and then when larry gets back on the ice is like literally towing larry from hole to hole in a sled pulling him back and forth and then <laughs> taking bets on how fast he can get like run to the landing and back and he still did go to bed for like an hour after me <laughs> oh my god like, oh. Wow. wait a second you had to go to sleep before your kids did i passed out <laughs> which is scary <laughs> Let me tell you, you fall asleep before your kids do. You don't know if you're gonna wake up in the house or in the fire truck. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary, oh, especially with my kids. They're they're scary. They scare me. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of, since we're on the subject of food here right now, Andrew and I had uh, the opportunity today to be able to uh, fish with some guys from some part of the state. And they bought, they got an Airbnb up and stuff like that. And having a fish camp is a great idea to be able to do if you cannot have ice in your area. Look at an Airbnb, a VRBO, 
do something like that. There's quite a few places if you're because basically what you're gonna do there is come back, have some food, take pass a shower, out. and maybe watch some TV and pass out. But the thing you're gonna want at the end of that day is a hot meal. Easy hot meal. Easy hot meal where you don't have to do much work at all. And the slow cooker and the crock pots are going to be your best friend. Andrew and I today uh, hung out with our buddies after a little bit after we got done off the ice today. And it was, he had our, he had it set up good. He had vest and backstrap in the crock pot and it tasted amazing. Really good. And really he good. even did just keep hot dog buns, went and toasted them on the grill that was outside Threw it on there. You put your fixing on top, and then he did a very good Vesa popper. Yeah, even if there was like forty-two toothpicks in mine, it was still awesome. <laughs> well, you're I, not supposed to throw the whole thing in your mouth at the same time. It's a popper. You pop them. <laughs> I took the first two toothpicks out. I didn't know there was five. Oh wow! I could have built a house out of less wood than he had in his freaking. <laughs> Bacon stayed on it though. <laughs> <laughs> Bacon stayed on it. So. I would hope so. <laughs> that was the key point on there. <laughs> right. But that's a big thing. If you're doing an outing with <laughs> man down, man down. All right, we lost. Whoa. Look, oh, he's oh. taking stuff he's with him now. The All right, away. this is. All right, hold on. Keep talking, Luke. Uh, Luke, we. You need to refill your beer. I think he's cramping up all over. He just injured himself I, while doing a you're podcast. You're supposed to drink water while you're on the ice so you don't <laughs> cramp up. <laughs> we lost him. He'll be back in a little bit. But <laughs> Oh. Well, how you get Yeah, how do you get injured doing a podcast? <laughs> you can do it drinking while sitting down and somehow you still get hurt. You took him on the ice. Right. Yeah, well, I didn't take well, I guess I did technically drag him. Behind yeah. me on a snow dog. I did take yeah. him on the ice. I don't know if he's wow. allowed out of the house anymore. But we're not editing that out. I don't out. know why you did it this out. This is, this is, this is this gold. Is still we keep rolling here. <laughs> oh, what a night to not do live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys you guys yeah, you had a you guys cat missed. butthole and alive and you could have had this cramp show up yeah. on a live. Yeah. He's sitting down. I don't know if he got bucket back over yeah. there or what. We're on comfortable stools. And he almost killed. Well, he was stretched out. He had his feet practically in my face to that other yeah, chair. Over there. And all yeah. of a sudden cramped up. Almost took a digger off a stool. Tried to kill your board. Right. Yeah. Took the board with him almost. No, I think he's over crying in the corner. Yeah. But um we'll get we'll get back to ice fishing, we swear. Yeah. Um so Brian, what's uh, what do you want to get to for technics this year? Like, what's your, what's your, what are you excited to get on? Now that we might actually have enough ice to go some places without a spud bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am excited to get to some. Well, I think we're gonna have good green weeds the way this has been. Yeah. So we're we gonna have, have good green weeds late, and. That sight fishing bite for bluegills, I just foresee those fish being in there late. Yep. I, I think I'll get there. Yeah, um, and I think they will be there. Like we said, the other thing hung on. I'm excited to do. I don't know how Luke has got me so excited about tip up fishing, 
But I actually am. I almost bought a couple beaver dams the other day, too. Almost. But I still just keep running my foolers. But foolers aren't, a, they're, they're a fun rod option. Oh, yeah. Yes, like, they are. Like, yeah. You know, I've, I've had I'm a, back now. <laughs> I've had a harder time. Um, like, whenever I put boards out or boxes out and, and rod tip ups of any kind, just I don't get as many bites on the rods. I don't know if it's something I'm doing. Like, I've got my mono tied to the same leader that's on the on the uh, uh, on the boards. Now that you say that, I was on Malax yeah. this year. Oh yeah, that's right. And you there were boards there. going like crazy. And I had a fooler set, and well, I was next to a guy who had a iFish Pro. His did go a couple times. Okay, but yeah, my fooler didn't go all day. Boards were going around that's... on us. Last year we all, I had a day. I had a big group out that just wanted to catch some pike. They're from Ohio. They don't have a whole lot of northern pike. They just wanted to catch some pike. So I had all my boards out, all my boxes out, and all my rod tip ups out. And I think over the course of two days, I had like two rod tip ups go. Yeah. Please tell pikes. me you redid your board tip ups. Oh no! So that was the problem. Your What's board tip ups? You hadn't redone them. No, those went. Fine. Oh, those went. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I would change those. Those, yeah, see, those seem good. Those seem good. I, I'll slap you right you guys now. You should see the vein twitching. It's, <laughs> 110 it's pound test lying on there. You don't want to like, lose hey, Donnie, them. Donnie uses it. I was just going to say. He... <laughs> Donnie does not use that. <laughs> I gave you know? away a quick strike rig the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, because I caught one. It had got hooked it, and there were some other people out there. I didn't really want to clean one fish. I was actually leaving later that afternoon with my wife to head over for the Packer game the next day. Mm. I'm like, I, the last thing I really want to do is have to fillet a pike, but I mean, right. if I have to, I'm not going to just, you know, send it back down the hole. That isn't right. Right. So talk to some guys out there, and they took it. I'm like, well, I can't. I'm not just going to cut the quick strike rig in half. So yeah, here you go. I'm like, you know, I take it over to him. He's like, well, the hook's right here. I'm like, not the other hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so I got out with, uh, in an area where there's just a lot of bass and pike and panfish. There's no walleyes around. I've been running the bite me's for perch and walleyes all season. And they've been going phenomenally. Like, uh, today, we actually had bite me. I heard Luke even was liking the bite me box. Yeah, a little bit more. He's he's coming I, around. I he's, got turned around on bite me. Crow, crow. What's that crow? Oh yeah, <laughs> I ate a lot of crow last year about those bite me boxes. Those things are phenomenal. We had those six boxes out there. They had, I think, the other guys had like nine autos, and then with. Uh, with hole covers, and they ended up switching them out to uh, um, tip, downs. tip downs. And over the course of the day, they had two tip downs and one auto that almost fired. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, probably we had 30 or 40 flags with the bite me's. Wow. It was a lot. Like the first hour before you got there, it was, I couldn't keep three down. Hmm. And we had six. <laughs> And kind of an inside joke here. We had, he finally had a tip down go. go. Yeah, what are <laughs> the guys? And I heard somebody yell for a tip down, so I 
break the window on my shack to be able to look out or whatnot. And he ended up missing it. And I go, without missing the beat, I go, you know, it's a long way to drive from down by Milwaukee to come up here and miss fish. <laughs> <laughs> he turns around and looks at me. Your clients were dying laughing. <laughs> he looks at me and goes, who the hell invited you out here? <laughs> I'm like, well, I got a lot shorter drive than you do. I'm a half hey, hour right. from my house. Yeah. You can miss all the fish you want, <laughs> yeah. which, you, which you did. <laughs> no, not too many. <laughs> no. but What I call it was not quality. <laughs> I mean... The, the the bite me is like have been it basically the best way to describe what they do is they're a a uh, a heated tip down that you don't have to go babysit the hole and be around and I think one of the biggest advantages on shallow water is that you don't have to run to them before the tip drops and that the they're open and you don't have to worry about them freezing up so you don't have to go check your hole and be around them and push That's fish true. out of there all the time yeah. you can just let them fish. So the, those are two of the big things from them. But because I've been on perch and walleyes, I'm running the six pound test and the size twenty hooks. And I would I I would go down on hooks quite a bit, but I knew I was out on a bite. Where fish don't tend to care. Super dirty water and really aggressive fish. And I had some kids out there. I didn't want to have to mess around with six pound test and breaking leaders. And those darn number twenties, uh, unless you can once in a while they're on Amazon. If not, and you got to order them from Mustad, they're about a buck a piece. Actually, oh. a little more. So, and they're so <laughs> stupid small. I, that's the beauty of them, though. But so I know it's the beauty of them. But when I ra- you were running your guide clients back, and I picked up all your bite me boxes. Yep. I think I got pinholes in about <laughs> six different spots in one finger. <laughs> Yeah, they are. You got to be a little bit careful with them. If you get them into like your minnow net, uh, my uh, that's funny, when you break the torch out and burn the net off and just leave the funniest story. I've got one of our puppies that like loves to chew on plastic stuff, and I was redoing all my tip ups, and I left the the box where she could just get it on a table. She had to jump on a chair to get on the table, grabbed it, and then proceeded to dump it on the carpet. Oh. A full box of. 20, I just used one, so there's oh 24 size 20 hooks in the carpet. Three were in her fur, and those were the well, some of the last ones we took or found. That was a mess. Oh, that's we found you're out wishing those were the size twos. Yeah, right. And we, we were we were just thankful we found out twenty four too, because like you don't want to swallow one or something. But or yeah. when your kids step on one, yeah, yeah. Oh, we stepped on. That was how I found the first one. I was like, ah, ah what? Oh no, they're in the carpet. And I got oh. all, uh, one was slightly bent, but otherwise I got them all out of the carpet, amazingly. Some of them oh. suckers were in there. Um, well, I can imagine. But back to where I was going. So hey, going out with kids at an area where I know I can get away with heavy stuff. So I so I ran uh, my my 30-pound um, beaver dam braid straight to a big old gaudy two-foot-long leader <laughs> and, and number four hooks. I'm like, I'm just, we're going... It felt like ocean gear. It was it was actually kind of fun to just like, okay, this thing's running. Let's stop it. Just wham <laughs> and smack it and just rip fish out of the, it, it. It literally felt like fishing for bluegills with musky tackle after running six-pound test all all. I can season. imagine. I mean, I ran board tubs today for when I was out, and I did damn near exactly what... Donnie said last week, 
our, our last podcast. I ran them not completely underneath the ice because if I went around right underneath the ice, my leader was someone wrapped up in my reel. Right. So I think I had about six inches line out past my leader, and I got some flags on it. I mean, by water, whatever. There's not a lot of decent pike in there. Well, and like, so where Donnie's at, he's trying to get 40 over 40 this season. You're trying to get 20 over 20. <laughs> yeah. For, it's, a little, uh, it's a little different water. <laughs> it's a little bit different water, and Eva said that, too. I mean, you take to encounter the area you're fishing, and I'm like, but from what he said last week or last podcast to us, he goes, the big ones are always scraping their fins on the ice. I'm like, okay, makes sense. I mean, so I ran underneath the ice, and... I had one go off three times, and the first one that I dumped down was bad on my part because I didn't go and check it religiously how I do. Then it popped, like, right when the sun's setting. I'm like, oh, this ain't going to be good. (laughs) I get over there. Snow's blowing over it. Whole cover's wedged in. I'm like, I hope to God this thing starts running and it's there because I'm going to spook the shit out of it, trying to get this goddamn thing out of the ice. And we had to chisel that whole cover out of yeah. the ice. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's the the beauty of the bite maze, I guess. Yes. Although is. their their one shortfall is in pike fishing. If you're running it at, without the clicker on, which the clicker does add a significant amount of resistance. So, but if you're not You've got a free spool. It's basically like casting a bait caster without a thumb. <laughs> and then things get going and it will backlash. They will hook mm. themselves. <laughs> oh, sure. But it's stuck there. But yeah, because they can't go any further. But um, it, it can cause some problems. You can also can't let them run past that either. You got to be picking a backlash or you're trying. So that is the one thing that I'm going to have to play with a little bit and see how big of a deal it is. Today was the only time I actually had it backlash where it stopped. I've had it fuzz a couple times where it, it overran, but then it would just run back the other way and, and end up working out. Today I had one actually loop up on itself mm-hmm. a little bit. So that's that's the one thing. And like those guys that make them are not big pike guys. No, they're more sure. panfish and walleye. They're walleye, yeah. Well, they're yeah. from walleye world over in southeast Wisconsin. That, yep. You know, Green Bay or Winnebago. Um, and they're amazing for that. And I've I've caught enough pike on them. They, they definitely work with pike. They definitely help. I've caught a lot of pike on the six-pound leaders. I broke a few off. But Well, we saw this week on Facebook. Dylan hit a hell of a musky. Yeah, yeah. He got a big one on it on was it four pound or six pound? I want to say four pound. Four pound and a size twenty hook. Yeah. Wow. And Larry, I want to know I, I gotta message him and ask him how long that fight was. Larry had one on while we were filming. That was mid thirties to upper thirties. Um and he didn't I think actually the hook was bent and bent worse. He popped the hook at the hole, but he had touched it three, like two or three times. Hmm. He just didn't have anybody to help land it until it popped. Yeah, I so, mean, and I, the ones I've lost are mainly on new fishermen to them that still set the hook where it's just like a little wrist twitch. Just to, all you're doing with your hook set with the bite me's in that little hook 
is just pulling the hook out of the minnow into the fish's mouth. Like you're not setting a hook, you're just trying to pop it out of the minnow so that it finds a little spot. You're just, trying, you're just trying to hook yep. skin. You're not trying yep. to drive it between teeth. That's yeah, right. that's the one yep. thing I got to learn on if when I use those is I, I'm so used to. It's taken oh. me a long time. Oh, I'm a bass that. fisherman with a Texas rig on all the time. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. I'm winding up. and That's what I was doing yeah. when I put on those leaders and those number fours was just like, just wham. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for my first couple trips on the ice even, crappie yep. fishing. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, crappie. <laughs> and we're in we're in four feet of water, so you're yeah. ripping them up yep. to the ice. Yeah, that was the first perch I caught this year. Was like, oh, oh, oh he's here already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Doink! Oh, found him. Um, so we're getting pretty close to wrapping this up here. We're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna pose a question to all the guys. I kind of posed it before, but with the remaining time that we have on ice and ice conditions what's the one thing you want to accomplish from this ice season from what we have left brian i'm going to start with you all right well for me i want to take well i'm going to spend some time fishing for pike uh running tip-ups like i did that one day last year and i hadn't done it in a few years i did it took my kids and the neighbor kids with and it's probably one of the most memorable days i had on the ice last year they just had a blast doing it and so that is one thing i have to do this year i just got to take the time to do it yeah that's one of the things where you get set into your ways and I, I'm used to doing it this way. I want to do this. I got my own goals and everything yep. else. And then you got to fall back onto because that's that's my bread and butter yep. is tip up fishing. And yeah, I'm I find myself getting away from it more, but at the same time, I I need to get fall back. We talked about it, I don't know how many times on this podcast where we just need to have a tip up day. Yep. Leave your rod blocker at the house so that way you're not tempted to be able to do it and just do a tip-up day. Yep. And it's just going to be cookout on the ice, camaraderie, and just have a good time and flags go up. All right, you're up. Go get it. That's yep. something I've enjoyed this year is uh, is having all the people on the ice on some of, this, some of these limited areas. And... Like I said, there's 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 one spot that you know there's a bar right on the ice. Whenever the bar's open, they're turning the turning the radio out. You're literally jigging along to to Merle Haggard, and you know just kind of the the atmosphere, the camaraderie, talking to people on the ice, seeing some of the stuff they built. There's one guy uh, I've seen him a couple times. Every time he's got a new gadget, that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna talk about that on ice stuff because he he had the uh, the drawer hinge smitty sled the first time i saw him and i kind of checked that out and then he had a uh oh he had a hat with the headlight built actually into the hat oh i've seen those before yeah yeah. no it's pretty just pretty cool little idea for one and you know just getting to getting to talk to a lot of people about the fishing and the community um goals wise is a little bit more of a tough one. I kind of came into this year not knowing the way, the, the way the winter 
was going, not knowing how much we'd even get to fish. Um, I just want to get an ice a ton, but I'd, I mean, I would still want to get a really big fish. I don't even really care what it is, but just to get one up this year. Last year, I had a lot of so, nice fish, but not like a trophy of anything. Yeah. For you, I'm going to put what not for guy clients. You yourself, you're able yeah, to go yeah. out. Yeah. Like, well, even if I'm with guide, well, it would kind of suck if I'm with guide clients to, to get something huge, but to, to land something that was just a real memorable fish because um, the people I've had out and the people that I've gotten to fish with, there's already just a ton of really good memories. Um, I just want a really memorable fish this season, I guess. Which, okay. I mean, what? Not a bad thing. I mean, yeah. we, we hope for it every season. I mean, and, and guiding every- a, a lot of the times, that's not really what you're fishing for because unless you get a special client, I've got a couple of them that would go do just like a, we might get a one bite today yep. kind of kind of thing. But most of them, you need to put some fish on the ice, right? That's right, the thing. especially so, for you. So that's that's what you end up doing a lot of times. Guiding is is a little less of the trophy chasing and a lot more of the hook sets, yep. which yep. are fun, which are right. memorable, which are awesome in their own right. But it would be really cool to get. Like I said, it doesn't matter if it's a walleye, a crappie, or bluegill, but just get a really memorable fish this season. I guess that's my goal. My goal before we got dealt the hand we have right now is I have a lake that I grew up fishing that back when I I think I was a year out of high school, maybe two, I ended up getting into a damn good crappie bite. And it was right at sunset. It was back fishing the old school reels and they were flat on the bottom. And this is before I had 2D sonar or anything else. I was just going to ask if you were had a Vexlar or if this was pre, yeah. It was pre that. I had the Coleman lantern burning in there and you were (laughs) hand lighting coming back across. I mean, I wanted to go back in that same area on the same lake and try it again and see what I could get. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that this year. With that being said, I'm looking, my goal for the rest of the season is either putting a eight plus bluegill on the ice or putting another stud walleye on the ice. (laughs) Last year got you the bug. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And well, today when we pulled, I pulled a... 15 and a quarter, 15 and a half inch walleye at 1.30 in the afternoon. We we talked before that we do not have good walleye waters around this. I think we I can... I think you got to kind of back up on that now because there is a couple. There's some yeah, growing. There's, there's some that have been yeah, really growing around there. here. We, we, yeah, we talked before that we don't have great walleye waters around here, and I think we do, and I don't think we were known to it or target them specifically in that area or right. did something that people get them to come in. So it's either going to be for me, I want a eight to nine inch bluegill at least, which is something to be saying for this area. 
I mean, we should be able do, to get an eight. Do you want one that's built, or do you want one that's just eight inches long? Yeah, there's a couple spots I, I, where they got, got, got a four-inch tail yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want a built one because okay. we caught we caught I I nines put you on some eights probably two but. years ago. Yep, and they were long and not tall. Yes. I want a stud. Yep. You want one that looks like a dinner plate. Exactly. Not one that's built like a bass. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. I mean, I want a stud, stud bluegill coming out of the ice. Yeah. And, or a another memorable. I don't think I'll get another memorable wall I, like I got when we filmed with Larry. I mean, that was, I'll remember that to the day I took <laughs> over. That was that was, a, that was a cool fish, just the way everything That's worked awesome, out with man. it. A 20-minute fight. I mean, oh, oh, my God, that was great. Yeah, I think, I mean, I hope, I hope you do it. I think, I think there's definitely some possibilities. There's places to do that. Bluegill-wise, well, definitely probably have to get out of the immediate area. But they're around. There's yep. some spots yeah. you can get into they're... some tens. You ever sight fished? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a reason I like that sight fish. It is really. Yeah. Whenever I'm... you can interact with the fish directly, the more direct. Well, so, you, and you learn so much. You too, learn. Just yeah. Watching exactly. the way they react. We ta- exactly whether it's on it. the camera or whether it's directly we, below you in clear water. We talk about live scope and like how you can, t- you know. They aren't coming in the shack. They aren't coming around. What you're learning from that. You look at a camera, you get a whole nother level. And then when you're literally looking at the fish, I, it's just even a little bit more. That's yeah. a that's a goal this year is to get back to actually fishing with a camera. Yeah. Because it has taught me so incredibly much about bluegill fishing and like how they kind of tick. Yep. That you can't it's really hard to explain to somebody that hasn't seen it and how they bite without biting like yeah they, the they double bite clutch it, but bite then yeah yep. yep and you got to know and not set the hook if yep. you're not watching and yeah yeah and for me like the way that they just react to vibration yep and as soon as you stop it's like it's like a a, a little kid the way they think when they put their hands over their eyes and you can't see them that's like what a bluegill does when you stop vibrating a jig a lot of times they're just like oh where'd it go <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah. No. or how if it's spinning in a circle it'll just turn them off yeah oh yeah a lot of times definitely, definitely. so no definitely some good goals and i think i actually think we're going to get to a pretty good ice here i think i'm so pretty too. optimistic for this, especially for this cold i'm optimistic for this too. week we got coming up I think we're going to be sitting pretty good, even if I think we'll probably. I'm not expecting really deep ice this year. I think if we get up to ten inches, it'll be a be a good season for I, us. I think we'll get. I, I think mm-hmm. it'll get there. I mean, we were on six today already, and that's, yeah, that's pretty cold. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying yeah. with that front we got coming in, I think we're going to be where you could drive. Four wheelers and snowmobiles on. I don't think I don't think you're gonna be able to pay, take a truck on this year. Honestly, we'll see what it gets to. I mean, who? Yeah, yeah. it all depends on the on on what's coming. Um, I mean, I hope we do, but at the yeah. same time, I mean, I'm not. It's easier to ice camp with the truck. I'll tell you that. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I, people ask me today, like, you know, do you do you still take the trailer when you? When you can drive on it, I said, no, when you drive on, it's just easy. Yep. You just take the stuff out of the truck, and you just set it up right next to the truck. Yep. And if tip-off goes up, you just get in the truck, drive to the truck. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like it, it's just, 
yeah, everything gets gets a lot easier. That's why a lot of people don't go on until you can drive on, and we didn't have that yep. last year in Wisconsin, and it it would be great for the sport this year. Not necessarily great for the fishery, but it would be no. great for the sport this year if we could get on and do that, and it just brings, it opens up opportunity for a lot of people to fish. Yes, and it does. To, to experience, you know, get those experiences and those memories that we've talked about all season long. Um, and the community. Uh, yeah, that's been my biggest takeaway from this season is just having fun with a large amount of people on the ice. We did that today yep. with friends, with guide clients. Um, I've yeah, been doing it with just kind of strangers that are all ice fishermen and and you know apparently beer drinkers also. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them wandering through my tip-ups and... Um, but just being able to get on the, with a whole bunch of people and everybody's kind of doing the same thing, watching what other people do. I'm here with, you know, live scope and like 15 grand and crap on the ice. And there's a guy that'll wander out with his schoolie rod and the spring bobber and bounce up and down. I want nothing more than to just give him my flasher and, and drill him a hole or let him use one of my holes. And he's like, nope, I want a five inch hole and I'm going to bounce the spring bobber up and down a few times, miss some fish and go home. Yep. And I gotta, I gotta applaud to him because there's days that he'll kick my ass doing that. Yep, yep, exactly. So, but well, let's hope we have a little bit better season coming up, and that everybody stays safe out on the ice. We've had a really crazy season. We don't need any more emergency personnel rescuing anybody. So everybody have a great year out there. Um, Keep listening in. We hope you enjoyed this, and thank you for listening to iStop. Stop.